this was kind of the perfect solution for this type of venue because when you look at the photos, we might have a big wide flat wall, but then it starts to wrap left and wrap right and serpentine around some of these door frames. So we could transition a flat panel with these flexible modules and it would just be a seamless smooth transition around the room. Hello and welcome to the Dactronics Experience Podcast. I'm Justin Oxner here with Matt Anderson. Today we're joined by Tyler Husby, Project Manager, and Chaker Joanne, Field Service Engineer, both working for Dactronics, serving the Middle East region. We're going to talk about eGames locations, two new ones in Saudi Arabia that we serviced with our narrow pixel pitch products, and we'll talk about those two projects in depth in the eGaming market. And we're here today with Tyler and Chaker. Tyler, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing well, sir. How are you doing today? Pretty good. And Chaker, you're with us as well. How are you? I'm doing uh, fine as well. All right. And Matt Anderson's here with us. Matt, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good today, Justin. Thanks. And today we're going to talk about uh, electronic gaming and what we can provide in different environments, like these indoor environments where viewing angles and or viewing distances are up close and, and what we can do there. But first, let's, uh, let's get to know who we're talking to today. Tyler, can you start by giving us kind of a history of your position and how you got started with Dactronics? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, my journey with Dactronics started around 13 years ago. Uh, let's just say time flies when you're having fun. So <laughs> the whole career at DAC has been under the, the realm of project management with our international business unit. So I started out as a student through uh, uh, around November 2010, focused on our Asia-Pacific region. Uh, once I graduated from SDSU and uh, you know, May of 2012, I uh, transitioned to full-time supporting our Australia team. That office was pretty new and focusing on countries like Japan, South Korea, India, things like that. So pretty, uh, pretty awesome experience coming right out of college. And then around 2014, transitioned over to our uh, Middle East and Africa team. So that's based out of the Dubai office and helping that sales effort covering uh the Middle East, so GCC countries, Africa, Eurasia, Pakistan. It's a pretty big footprint, and we support all of our customer applications. So it's not, you know, sports-focused, deli-focused, or out-of-home. We're covering all applications, all products from all of our factories. So it's a really uh, exciting, dynamic, everyday, different type of role. Um, so it's, it's been awesome to have this 13-year journey so far at the, at the X. That's awesome. And you know, mentioning being a project manager for all those 13 years, Tyler, what I'd say like what is it about project management that is, I mean, it seems like it's got you hooked. You've been doing it for uh, 13 years now. What is it about that job um, that you find interesting and like to stay in that role? Yeah, so from the, uh, I think the international flair has a strong interest and uh, near and dear to my heart, right? So you can experience new cultures, uh, new demographics, new people, new geographies. So that's really exciting uh, to see that aspect of the, the business grow. And then, yeah, the, the opportunity to travel is amazing. From the, the project management side, every project is different. Some of them can be more of like our super systems where there's stadiums and they're very complex and others are small roadside billboards that require the same amount of attention. So the scale and scope is always different. The type of customer is different. The geography adds that little bit of complexity. So, like I mentioned, every day is different, and it uh, definitely keeps you on your toes. 
yeah, a little variety in there keeps keeps everything interesting and fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, let's throw it over to Chaker now and hear kind of the same thing. Um, how did you get started in your role at Dactronics, and can you explain a little more of what you do? Yes, well, I uh, started with Dactronics uh, similar to Tyler as a student when I was uh, going for a bachelor degree at SDSU, uh, and I started in 2008 as a, working in the repair center, and then after a while I transitioned to the contract design team. And then when I graduated in 2011, uh, I took a full-time position in the Life Events product development team, working on the DVN, DVX product line for about three years. And then in 2014, I took an opportunity to move uh, to our Dubai office as a lead field engineer. And now that I've been in Dubai, it's been almost uh, 10 years, and I had the chance to work on many exciting projects and then across many countries that Tyler mentioned earlier. Cool. And, and these are quite, I mean, these are obviously some cool installs that we're going to mm-hmm. get into here, Chaker. Is it, I know it was the same kind of question to Tyler a little bit, but what, you know, have you always been technically minded or kind of why, why did you, or how did you know that this is going to be the career that you wanted to have? Yeah. So at the earlier stage, I worked in the design team. So uh, it was uh at the time, a good idea to get into the field and more like uh, implementation, customer-facing, uh, working on uh, some hard projects, like depending on the product or the, uh, the customer and the, uh, all the requirements that we have here in our region. When we use a lot of uh, our new products launch, you know, a lot of times we see that happening in our region. We are the first region to use some new product and they want to try it. Yeah. Nice. That, and that makes a lot of sense. You guys are kind of putting the, that background and, and years of experience to work on this new project that, that we're going to talk about today. And it, it's all kind of around e-games. And maybe, Tyler, can you give us kind of an intro into um, this e-games project in, in the market over there? Absolutely. So this, uh, this e-gaming kind of application seems uh, maybe more familiar to us in the United States. You know, we see them anywhere from your uh, commercial strip mall type mall business in your city to uh, some of the gaming centers in a Walmart or uh, your college where they've got a, uh, a special tournament that they bring in and they use the basketball arena. So we're maybe more familiar with it here, but when it comes to the global aspect, it's still pretty new. It's still pretty specialized to see these happen, these uh, global tournaments and especially in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. So the end user, uh, if anybody's in the gaming world, might recognize the name Savvy Games Group. So this entity really only started in 2021. So part of uh, the country's vision, they call it Vision 2030, and it's got pillars around economy and sustainability, housing, uh, tourism, things like that. And part of those pillars involved the uh, public investment funds, so that that talks about like bringing e-gaming in, um, sporting sporting events. I think the WWE has been going over there for for a few years now to, to bolster tourism in the community in the country. So um, there's been a ton of spending going on with the Savvy Gaming Group. Uh, they've been acquiring businesses uh, such as like ESL. They're kind of like the competition leg of uh, a gaming tournament and then face it is uh, more like the gaming platform itself. So there's two acquisitions in the last couple of years. 
And then the big headline uh, within the last couple of months is a company out of California called Scopely. And they're a, they're more like the gaming developer. So uh, Savvy Gaming Group uh, started in Saudi Arabia. They're buying up some of these major players to really bolster, bolster this, this entity of e-gaming. And then VOV is kind of like uh, when you look at the photos uh, that will be linked in the in the uh, in the podcast. So VOV is kind of like the, the entity responsible for the venues themselves. Mm-hmm. So right now they've got three three different types of pilot projects. There's kind of more of like the the smaller scale venue that we would see in the states, and then the pilot projects we were involved in is one is called the Zone. That's maybe more of a totally heavily dynamic LED driven type venue. And then uh, Riyadh Front Mall is when you look up immersive in the AV World Dictionary, it, you would see a photo of this place. It's floor ceiling games, uh, game screens. Uh, we can talk about the details more of that later, but it's they're making a huge splash in the market. They're trying to lead these gaming venues, these competition venues, be able to hold tournaments, things like that. And when one country in the, the Gulf countries do something like this, others are going to try to copy it. So it's pretty exciting to see uh, maybe what will what will come and what other countries want to compete in this space. Yeah, so it sounds like they're they're trying to be on the cutting edge and kind of set the standard for these e-gaming venues. When you said submersive, and, and that's kind of in the AV world, it's defined. You'd walk in and see this place with floor-to-ceiling displays. It sounds like you'd just be kind of surrounded in the content. Um, can you share get a little bit more background? Let's let's stay with the Zone project. I believe that one happened first. Can you talk about kind of how that one came about and how we we worked into that project? Oh yeah, we we had um, been pretty close with a consultant called WSP. They're a global consultant, and we worked with them a few different times. So uh, started conversations with them probably around October 2021, and really just kind of coming up with the design concepts, uh, how can we cover the walls, what's feasible, setting budgets, uh, column wraps, lots of different types of yeah, design concepts in that phase. So column, uh, it was like January, 2022, we were awarded the project, but it was really on an extremely tight timeline. So putting all of this action into place with new product launches, like Shaker mentioned, we're, we're kind of the region that's first to market with a lot of these things. So we're developing this new flexible module that can meet custom shapes and curves. And we've got this half panel. So we're taking our 27 inch diagonal standard panel, modifying it, being able to fit a lot of these custom doors and window shapes to completely cover the walls, floor to ceiling, end to end. So we're designing this facility, helping WSP uh, come up with these concepts while we're developing a product and still being able to meet this uh, timeline by uh, their go-live date in April 2022. So extremely condensed, highly complex. Everything was changing and moving and throughout the, throughout the entire deployment of the project. So if a wall moved, we'd have to adjust our layout. So I've got to pause and just give a huge shout out to our engineering team with the velocity that they were able to respond to this project along with all the product development that they were working on. So, uh, yeah, major kudos to our our engineers on this project. I kind of want to dive into, you know, you said flexible module here, and I know that's a, a new kind of 
I don't know, I wouldn't say it's a new term, but new product that we're developing. Um, maybe just to, for our listeners, kind of, I mean, I've seen us do column wraps and things like that before. What what kind of makes the flexible module different than, I know we did like quarter mods in the past. I mean, like mm-hmm. what kind of makes We've, that product new and unique? Sure. So the, the flexible module that's AFN series is taking that quarter module and bringing more capability. So the, the flexible module is more of like that it's a rigid PCB um, on a on a really narrow uh, footprint. So when you're, you'd still be able to wrap columns and do serpentine type shapes, but the the PCB is it's a fixed rigid rectangle. When you talk about this AFN series or the the flexible module, it it's a rubberized flexible printed circuit board, or it's a printed circuit board on a flexible rubberized housing. Okay. To clarify that. So it can do concave or convex curves. It's magnetized to to the chassis or to the panel. So uh, this was kind of a perfect solution for this type of venue because when you look at the photos, we might have a big, wide, flat wall, but then it starts to wrap left and wrap right and serpentine around some of these door frames and concessions areas and things like that. So we could transition smoothly, seamlessly from standard uh, flat panels, these flexible modules, and it would just be a seamless uh, smooth transition around the room. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I know we've done some curved shapes before, but it, like you said, it was with different sizes of modules to try and fit those turns. It sounds like this is just more adaptable to, to meet different radiuses and curvatures and, and make it smooth as, as it goes around. So it's kind of cool to hear about. Um, I kind of wanted to throw it over to Chaker a little bit with this, this type of project and, and it being just an entire room of LED. Does that make your job a little more interesting? Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, we like the challenge and we're up for the challenge as well. Uh, so yeah, when we were using the uh, standard module, like Taylor mentioned, uh, you can do a lot of things with it, but it still looks like segmented in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then sometimes the client uh, do not uh, like that very much. Uh, and then with this new design that we we came up with, with the flexible module, it, it was more like a smooth transition. So it doesn't look, you can't tell the edges of the panel or the module. It just looks like a one big screen. And that, that makes it look much better and vibrant to, to the audience. Yeah, it's it's nice, smooth, smooth looking, kind of more polished look with the final installation there. Yeah, exactly. And also, like you have like uh, if you have like the columns and you have like a ninety degree bend, so we usually have like a small gap, two to three mm, just because of how the panel is chamfered and the module sits. But when you do like a column wrap where it's a circular, then you lo- you don't have this gap, and it's a a full complete display of reading. Oh yeah, seamless. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking. Uh, even for our listeners, I mean, like Tyler mentioned, right, we'll put a picture of these in the in the show notes and a link to the news release that you helped with, Justin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but can you maybe kind of, I mean, if you're not, if we're not too familiar with e-games, right, I, I tend to think of, you know, people playing and then a huge display that everyone in the audience just watches. Can can you give us kind of a an overview of what is this uh, project like, kind of what's the layout of everything? Yep. So they have, a, like we said, they have a lot of uh, LED displays, um, you know, some like a bulkhead uh, ceiling display, some are floor to ceiling, some column wraps. Uh, so on a normal day-to-day operation, uh, they have different themes for branding. They can change themes based on upcoming events, uh, 
promoting national holiday or the venue or some merchandise they are selling, uh, even whatever food uh, they are selling in the, in the restaurant as well. And then uh, during events, they will host tournaments in the venue and then they can show the game on our display in different zones, like near the booth area where people can sit and watch or even uh, the concession where people are at the restaurant eating and they can follow the actual uh, tournament event. Uh, they also have the option to show another tournament that's happening on another one of their venues, or it could be any other international tournament that's happening in the world. They can broadcast that also on our display. Okay. And I'm, I'm curious really quick, you're talking about they can show different things and, and give different information on these displays, but also allow you to watch the games and follow along with the games. Is that um, like giving feeds of what an individual user is seeing as they're playing? Or is it multiple feeds of what they're, they're seeing? Do you, do you have any insight into that, Tyler? Yeah. So if you think about some of the, the compare it to what individuals in the U.S. might see, it's a, it's a room with like 20 the, the zone specifically is like 20 user stations in a main room. It's like 20 desktop computers. Um, it, it's kind of like your own personal operating station, like you might have at your house, but in a, in a bigger room. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of like the public space, and then there's also VIP lounges. So we uh, call it four to six uh, computers in these uh, lounges that you can isolate yourself with your friends and focus on your games separate from the, the main room. But when you're in that main space um, in the zone, for example, if there's a tournament going on, the operator can say, I want computer three to be shown on the main main screen. And it's essentially a feed from that individual's computer, whether they're playing uh, Halo or Call of Duty or whatever the game might be, and just send that feed to uh, the main screen so then everybody in the room can see uh, what that person's doing. Maybe they're just an incredible uh, job in the in the event, and mm-hmm. uh, they'd be able to take the live feed from the computer that they choose. Nice. Uh, sorry, I was thinking of like maybe Rocket League, where they score an amazing goal or something. <laughs> oh, they yeah. can show a highlight <laughs> of how it's happening. I've seen a few like on televi- television. They've actually had some televised events of these games, and they'll just show different. Different players' perspectives mm-hmm. of okay, this is how this person went when they passed the ball, and this is how the person went when they they shot the ball at the goal, and things like that. So it's kind of cool to see, you know, those different angles. And it sounds like this is a more customized version of that. They can adjust whenever they want as they're controlling it as they go. Right. And what's really cool about what VOV is doing is they're they're not only responsible for these venues, but they're also um, creating programs where they can invite the community and do kind of like uh, not only create a team, whether it's based on your age group, but also help develop talent. So, uh, you know, you and I can go in there and rent a space and participate on a, on a standard day, but then there's also the team aspect and the player development. So if they do manage to say they do take recordings from certain uh, games, they, they could use that to to show what you're saying is like, hey, this guy did this from a team perspective. This is how this individual approached this, and you can use that kind of player and team development uh, for certain games for sure. And that's what I'm thinking has got to be part of this overall project too, right? I mean, you mentioned that they want to make a big splash in the e-gaming world, and there's this. I mean, it's probably I feel like it's less over there now, but maybe it isn't. But 
uh, getting to know, like we're already learning a lot about e-gaming just from having these conversations with the both of you. So, and that use that you just had, Tyler, I got to imagine that's that's kind of what this plays into, right? There's like an education part of this. So, I mean, it's, it's a different aspect. It's not like a recruiting trip is what mm-hmm. I keep thinking yeah. of like in sports, but... <laughs> You're uh, when there's not games or tournaments going on, they're using this, like you said, to try and draw people in and get them interested in everything. Yeah, there, there's definitely a community aspect to it. So the, of course, yeah, the bigger picture is teams and tournaments and developing player skills and what have you. But it's, it's still a community venue, just like we might see it in the states, um, a place so people can leave their house, uh, go meet with their friends, play some games during the day, go to the concessions, uh, get some food while you're there. It, it's still pretty immersive right so the the zone is like i said the the pilot project to maybe a larger uh uh rollout but then we've also got this riot front mall where that's kind of like the smaller scale arena venue okay so they kind of stepped it up into this second phase of of deployment where they've got two levels so like the zone is like a single story it's it's um all kind of like one space but then with riot front mall they've got ground floor they've got a first floor they've got a primary arena space where it's got amphitheater seating the, the led is like 10 feet tall we're talking uh completely like uh what is it 5700 square feet or 530 square meters of led in that venue so it's a massive splash um you're talking total immersive experience it's like a black box theater you can sit in the, the comfortable seats and watch the tournament happen um, within this Riyadh Front Mall uh, second pilot location. It's, it's pretty impressive what these guys are coming up with. Yeah, and we've been talking about, you know, the zone and then Riyadh Front Mall. We, we talked about, you know, the modules and how we're making it all work, and we said it's like for up-close viewing. Can you tell us, like, what kind of pixel pitch are we using and what kind of technology for, for that side of it to get this, like, high-resolution viewing? Yeah, so... Everything in, in both of these projects that we've mentioned is the 1.9 millimeter uh, pixel pitch. So that's, that's the only um, spacing that we use throughout this entire project. So when you, the viewing distance, you know, is right around four meters minimum. And when you're looking at these arena spaces, you don't need anything closer than that. You're, you're sitting far enough back from these main screens. So we've, we've been, since what I said, January 2022, we've been advancing our development for adding pixel pitches to these uh, this flexible product line. So at the time we had the 1.9 millimeter, we were able to, to uh, use the different types of panels to, to deploy the entire project without having to transition from one pixel pitch to the other. And it actually looks, it's, it's a perfect resolution for these types of venues when you're uh, up close and personal. And then if I, I might throw this back over to you, Chaker, too, is, you know, when, when we're busy installing these and working on them, I'm, I'm trying to think of it because I'm more familiar with kind of, you know, how we do stadiums and arenas here. There's the, like a control room or something like that, right? So, I mean, maybe walk us through a little bit. How is it working with uh, other companies on site? Because whether it's at the zone or not, because I think I heard Tyler say, right, there's 24 computer workstations, essentially. Mm-hmm. What is that like trying to have to like organize and keep all the feeds coming in so that they can go to the board? Uh, yes, so we do have a lot of uh, computers at each one of these facilities. Uh, as electronic system, we don't actually receive all of these uh, feeds at once. Uh, these actually go to a third-party system where they can edit and then send us what is required. Uh, they can send us uh, 
actual game feed during the the, the event, and they can also send us like a headshot. So mm-hmm. basically, the player's face, you know, during the game, before and after, and then we can use that and to put it on our screen. Uh, we worked uh, a lot with, uh, you know, we have a lot of top contractors there, and one of the main ones that we work with installation uh, is uh, the local Sanir uh, group team that we have. Uh, without them, we wouldn't be able to <clears throat> handle these two big projects, so shout out to them as well. Yeah, it's a, a lot of challenge, uh, but uh, we were able to manage and then we were good success. Because they both look like unique things. Because I even I was messaging Justin here on the side saying, you know, do we have a picture of the Riyadh front mall? Mm-hmm. And he showed it to me, and that's incredible too. I mean, yeah. I think you said Tyler too, and several times, immersive is one thing. But um, you know, when you got two different types, of one like these, like the other one is the column wraps. We come almost like ribbon work, but it goes across. But then you have all these workstations going on. I don't know if uh, if either one of you want to take this, maybe Chaker, of just like the organization this has to be. Because like you're saying, there's other third-party companies we're working with. But when there's so many different things going around, I just, it's in my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's got to look like what organized chaos is a term I hear every <laughs> now and then. But what, what was it like kind of on the on the timeline and the installation for both of these? Yeah, for the, uh, the zone project, we're on a very short timeline. Uh, I think uh, we had to, uh, about two months from start to finish to uh, wrap everything. And then uh, we did very well on this pilot project, the zone. And then uh, once we did very good, then the RFM came second. And the RFM was like a major upgrade to the size and the LED areas that we, uh, we are installing. Uh, for that one, uh, it took a little bit of a longer time, of course. And then it was during the summer hours. And as you know, the summer hours here are <laughs> It's very hot in Saudi Arabia, but we managed to get everything installed in time before they have like one national holiday when they want to do like a pre-event. Uh, so, yeah. So a lot of coordination, a lot of communication, making sure everybody's on the same page, <laughs> yeah. especially with that tight timeline of a couple months on that first project to get that one installed. Um, and I'm even thinking of what does this kind of mean for the esports industry? And, and maybe I'll throw this back to you, Tyler. We we did the pilot one at the Zone, and and now we've completed Riyadh Front Mall. That's that's two really big, really cool installations for for e games. Do you see this? I don't, I don't know if there's any other projects and works, that type of thing. We don't have to try and talk into that, but maybe a crystal ball for what this might mean for the industry. Do you see others hearing about these and trying to, to replicate it not only in in the Saudi Arabia area or that, that region of the world, but even globally, you're coming back to the United States at all? Yeah, I mean, you think about e-gaming globally, it's, it's, uh, it's such a new uh, market for any player, whether you're the low-voltage uh system integrator to, for these um, commercial venues and strip malls to mega venues or uh, arenas that we're talking about today. So it, it's certainly new. It's uh, it's very up and coming in the region, especially in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. They're, they're trying to make a splash with all this ownership and um, make that a hub. And they've got the dollars to make it the hub. So I think it's uh, Saudi specifically is going to be really interesting in the next five years. And then you think about re- neighboring countries, they're going to want a piece of the pie. So they, they'll, they'll do what they uh, can to, to bring tourism over their countries uh, in a similar way. And then when you think about Europe and the U.S., there's, there's certainly opportunities to, to set up arenas or use existing facilities for tournaments. Um, but yeah, e-gaming is very... Uh, very new. It's very 
uh, fast growing from the player and tournament perspective. So it's going to be massive. It's going to be a very exciting uh, application for us at Dactronics and how we can uh, how we can help customers in a similar way come up with creative designs to to meet uh, whether it's a consultant's ideas, uh, the client's ideas, things like that. We, we did it twice here, uh, coming up with these these creative ways to enhance these venues, and uh, certainly ready, willing, and able to uh, to help anybody else out on uh, on their projects here in the future. Yeah, I'm thinking even in I think I know we talked even in the call prior to this, but in the states too, it's it is definitely catching on, and there's colleges too, right? Where I think we even mentioned there's it can range from anything from a computer lab mm-hmm. to people using like an auditorium or maybe the arena or a stadium for some different things. So this to say this is trending is definitely true because almost any convention or anything I go to, there's always a esports track or an esports person talking about something. So there's there's an education aspect, but what I've been noticing too is that, which I think is great that we're talking about this today to show that Dactronics can do it, is whenever anyone does something big, everyone immediately goes to them with a, okay, how did you do that? Or what, what did you do here? And they want to learn from all these examples that come up. So I'm not sure if, if either of you want to take this, but it's, you know, what are some things we learned from this that maybe made it unique versus another install that you've worked on prior? I think from the early phases, which I say that uh, a little lightheartedly, we were, like I mentioned, we were doing these designs kind of while that fit out was happening. So from my perspective, we're, we're sitting down with these consultants for, for helping come up with the designs early on, even while the, the room is getting fitted out. So depending on project timelines, there's uh, there's certainly, and there's a lot of trades involved, I think, from a design and implementation, design build perspective, having frequent touches from a collective team is, is crucial, um, especially on these expedited projects. Uh, some, sometimes we were meeting weekly or daily to, uh, to make sure all parties are on the same page because you can't, you can't live through email and make some of these decisions. So it, it's a daily or a weekly touch to make sure everything is going to flow smoothly, successfully um, on these, these expedited ones. So um, having that, that cadence of uh, touches to make sure it's a seamless transition from trade to trade is, is critical. And then from the design aspect, uh, yeah, there was plenty of opportunity to uh, create you know, conceptuals to help the, the clients visualize uh, what their space might look like. You know, there, there's ideas that can be put on drawings, but until you can get color and picture and images to, to understand what these ideas might look like, the, the conceptuals that our team helped out with uh, within our creative services team really helped them understand what certain areas of the venue might look like. So visuals are key. And I'll throw this over to you, Jaker. Um, have you have you been to either one of these installs uh, for an, I say an event, but right. <laughs> a game or term? Have you been there while the displays are on and actually in use for the for the reason that they were installed? I guess is what I'm trying to ask. But uh, yes, for the uh, for the first uh, venue, the zone, uh, we were there for the uh, first event, um, and then uh, like they do on normal event, they run. It was like a kind of a local tournament, so. The local uh, tournament between the players from from Riyadh actually they came and then it was more like testing 
the facility, all the the games, and then be able to watch them uh, play on the on the screens as well. And then for the second one, the RFM, uh, they actually had their first event this weekend. Uh, I wasn't there for that, uh, but they were actually running a PlayStation directly into our system and then playing directly on our screen. That's cool. Well, so what was it like um, then for you at the Zone since that was when you were there for some events? What was the? I would say there's two, there's two parts. What was it like for you to see all the displays finally lit up? and in use, and then also, what was the reaction from people that were there? Um, what, what did they think about it? Yeah, I mean, it is, uh, E-Games is something new in our region, uh, and then having this type of venue is uh, exciting, and then uh, people would come in, and they were very impressed with the venue, especially with our uh, LED screens, and then what they can see, and then how they can be interactive with the with the tournament itself, uh, so it was a really good, uh, positive vibe we, we got from the, from the event. And I mean to exclude you, Tyler, have you been to either <laughs> one of these yet when they've been on? <laughs> no, unfortunately, I haven't been over to uh, to visit these venues. But next time I'm in Riyadh, I'll try to make the make the visit. But uh, for the the photos that you mentioned, Matt, with RFM just kind of going live and just having their first tournament, we're gonna need to work to get you some images because it's pretty impressive what uh, what that space looks like uh, in relation to to the zone. So hopefully we can get something in those uh, in those notes to show everybody what's going on at RFM. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm, yeah. I'm in the same boat with you, Tyler. I'd love to get over there and see what that's like. Just seeing some of the conceptuals and what it might look like there. That'd be an amazing place to visit and see an actual event of e-games competition going on. Have you ever been to an e-games event at all? No, I haven't. I've been limited to what I've seen on TV. <laughs> Me too. So. Okay, yeah, same here. <laughs> but yeah, it'd be nice to experience that. But Tyler and, and Chaker, I want to thank you both for coming on and, and sharing all this information about um, these two installations and projects we had going on and and everything about the e-gaming market that's that's happening over in Saudi Arabia and, and what could be coming up next. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for inviting us. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Dectronics Experience Podcast. Please subscribe at your favorite place to listen to podcasts to keep up with our latest episodes.